Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Everyone loves being scared. I don't, it frightens me. But the horror, anxiety and sheer hell we put ourselves through while witnessing scenes in movies that will stay for us with us forever is one of the mysteries of the motion picture. Be it murder, ghostly goings-on or the latest Adam Sandler comedy, we love putting ourselves through the ringer. Here's our fact hunter of fear, Neil, with 10 Fear Facts. Well, thank you very much, Pav. So what I've got for you today is the top 10 voted for scariest movies from Rotten Tomatoes. So at number 10, we have It, the 2017 version. At number nine, we have Insidious. At number eight, Sinister. Number seven, Halloween, the good old original. Number six, The Ring, but the 2002 version. Number five, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number four, they've got The Shining. And number three is The Conjuring. And number two is Hereditary. Now, can anybody tell me what they think the number one scariest movie is? Over to you. (laughs) Grown-ups. Nearly. Uh, um, Something recent, Get Out? No. What about The Exorcist? It is The Exorcist has been voted for as the scariest movie by the Rotten Tomatoes subscribers, viewers, lookers, whatever you want to call them. So there we are. So that's it, is it? That's your time. That's it this week. I had my signboard all full of different horrible, <laughs> gruesome sounds, and you've just gone straight through it. I have. Sorry, sir. Play some gruesome sounds for me. That was the, That's the shrill one. I can't be bothered. I'm not going to do it. Turn the music off. And uh, anyway, thank you very much, Neil. A pleasure, And uh, we are here to count down our top 10 scariest moments in movies. And we are joined by Darren and Hayley from the HD Movie Podcast. Hello. 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 (laughs) Oh, no, hang on. I've just got to mute you, haven't I? That was clever of me. Right, say it again. Say hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's starting well. Hello. It's going well. <laughs> it's going well. Right. There we go. Hello, guys. There we are. We're in. Hello. <clears throat> So what's interesting about that list, though, is it's all horror movies. Now, mm. we haven't got just horror movies in our list. No. Neither have, no, neither have I. <laughs> but I suppose that's the problem when you put scariest movies. I tried to do some facts on scariest moments, and it was all horror. And I've already done a lot of facts about horror, so I didn't want to repeat myself and thought, well, it'd be interesting to find out what people had voted for as the scariest movies. Mm. Now, the one thing I, I will say is that I, I think... Not like you guys, all of you guys that here. I'm not a massive horror movie fan. Um, there are certain movies I like. I tend to get a little bit bored with um, with horror. Neil's steered me in certain directions for certain horror films, and then I've gone, oh my god, that was like amazing. But there's certain films he'll talk about, and I think, no, I'm going nowhere near those particular movies. But you two are obviously horror fans, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things that I've steered Hayley towards and she's gone, nope, not watching that. <laughs> really? Like the boogeyman, because it was terrible. Oh, come on, it's a castle. <laughs> oh, I, I, my, my, my things that I've steered people towards is like the French horror, I think is superb at the moment. Um, obviously, Asian horror is still strong and changing things. But to me, for the last 10 years, French have led the way. I like their horror. It leaves yeah, you scarred. Definitely, definitely something that. Uh, I, again, it's the kind of thing where people come to me and say, "Do you have any good horror movies to watch?" And I kind of think, "Well, yeah, I've got some good ones to watch, but I'm not sure you're going to enjoy them." <laughs> <laughs> but that's that is the, the thing ones. about horror. Horror is one of those genres that, when it's done well, it's really, really good. Mm. But there is so much bad horror. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's because it's like easy to do a cheap horror movie, so it ends up being really bad. Whereas mm. to do a, a cheap comedy, you can probably get away with just sticking a couple of farts in there, and it's hilarious. Well, for me, anyway. I mean, yeah, like, you know. yeah. I think it's it's a gateway for a lot of people horror because it's it's the sort of genre where you can do it kind of in your back garden with your mates and you don't need to use a lot of resources. And I think that's what attracts a lot of people to horror. You can make for very, very little money. And some of the stuff that's made for very, very little money is amazing. But there's also a lot of, well, not to put too fine a point on it, crap out there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But also what annoys me with Western horror, talking on the horror stream still, is when they get something, they stick with it and ride with it so long. So, you know, like your insidious sort of movies and the conjuring things, and you think, come on, this is just a ghost train ride. Give me something with flesh, you know? And that's what I really, really, really want. Yeah. Some meat on its bones. Yeah. Not the first time you've said that, Neil, is it? No. Give me some flesh. That's the, you know, it's yeah. Something. Usually at Sunday dinner. <laughs> yes. So when we right. were compiling this list, though, we um, had quite a lot of supernatural horror on there and we narrowed it down to one because oh. otherwise it would be too much of the same. So right. Okay. We'll, uh, because you've you've, you've done a combined list, haven't you? Yes. And there was a lot of I'm I'm assuming there was a lot of work and a lot of arguing. Who ended up having the sort of the tilt of power? To be fair, we didn't argue. We actually got on quite well and we compromised. And 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, we don't really argue. <laughs> well, not yet, actually. I mean, we've kind of 50 episodes into the podcast and we haven't had a blazing row yet. So it's, it's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and if we can help in that way, then I'm quite happy. <laughs> oh, because me and Pavel have a blazing row. Oh, we will. <laughs> the amount of times Neil has upset me and disappointed me with some of his non choices, uh, it's palpable. Anyway. Hayley, Darren, give us your number 10 scariest moment in movies. Okay. Do you want me to begin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is great. Number 10 is from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971, and it's the Tunnel of Terror scene. That's yeah. my number nine. Wow. <laughs> That's my number Amazing. nine. Yeah. <laughs> that- Almost made my list. Yeah, that's terrifying. The real slaughter of chickens behind you. Let's go. Yeah. Why did they think that that was suitable in a kid's movie? It's just so psychedelic and bizarre. Mm. And it's just three minutes of absolute terror. And it is. getting more it, and more manic. It's, mm, it's yeah. It was the 70s. They were all tripping balls, weren't they? That's why. So... Yes, I think it's, it's the whole terrible. movie gives you a, a false sense of security because it's so colourful and wonderful music and how funny the Oompa Loompas are. And then, you, like you say, you have this three minutes of sheer horror in the middle. And even just the look on Gene Wilder's face where he's sort of staring with those like piercing eyes. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the chicken getting his head cut off and stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, straight off the bat, look, we've got a duplicate already. <laughs> I, was, I bet that was one of those ones that you thought, well, no one's going to no one's gonna choose that. I completely well, agree. It is, it is horrifying. And that is yeah. genuinely on my honourable mentions because I nearly put it in my list, so wow. Yeah, I mean, it was featured on a lot of lists when we were going through lists to get ideas and inspiration for ours. Um, so it's no surprise it's in there, but... Yeah, literally, I said to Darren, did you know that a chicken gets its head cut off in this? And he was like, no. And then I was like, right, pause. And he was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is, it is crazy. Oh, that's good. That's a good start. I mean, whether that's the only duplicate, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting if it is or if it isn't. But uh, go on then, Neil, you're number 10. So it's the film audition. Um, hopefully everybody's watched this. Um, and if I say the body in the bag... Yeah. 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 The bag in the room. Um, it's terrifying because you don't have an inkling or a clue what it is. Um, I think we should say I, at the moment, we'll say we're spoilers for the movies we're going to talk about. I it think is fine, but this is one film that I, if anybody's listening to this, that I haven't, haven't watched, seen, I haven't seen audition. Before. I don't want to say too much because. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just. No, no, no. I genuinely don't. I've said enough with the body in the bag. That'll do. Um, but when you get to that bit, by boyo, you know, I find it more terrifying than the kitty 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 bit at the end. Yeah, it just something yeah. about it, it haunted me forever. This moving body bag in this room that's all I'll say to you, Pab. It just left an indelible impression on my mind, and I still I went, watch that film now. Why? I went no, to I see audition, um, at uh, the showroom in Sheffield because they did a series of Japanese movies, and there was it was across the board. And I guess a lot of people thought, oh, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Japanese movies. And there were clearly people that were in audition that had no idea. That there was <laughs> the that sort of and when the bag twitches, somebody a couple of rows in front of me nearly hit the roof. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It is. It is. It's a, it's a great movie. So I recommend anybody that has a, a slight interest in horror, go and see it. To catch is it you available might. streaming anywhere, do you know? It's on Shudder if you've got Shudder. Oh, right. Okay. 
which has got a seven-day free trial at the moment. So I recommended it to a guy recently, and his words back to me was, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the reaction you want. I think it's a one-off experience. It was for me anyway. I haven't seen that movie in absolute years. I think I was like 17 or something when I watched it. And I was like, I'm glad I've seen it now. But yeah, that was intense. Mm. That's a great movie. Okay. Okay, what was uh, no? I'll talk, say it afterwards in case it's on your on your list. Okay, uh, my number ten um, is another surprising one, and this is probably just horrific for me. It's the knife near the eye scene in Mission Impossible Two. Now, I don't know if you can remember this. It's the fight scene between oh, yeah. Do Gray Scott and Tom Cruise. Yeah, and Do Gray Scott goes in with a knife, and it is literally I don't know two millimeters away from Tom Cruise's eye. Anything to do with eyes sets me off but the other thing with this is i remember seeing the making of it and apparently they put the knife on a rig so it wouldn't move and then tom cruise sort of sort of shimmied his way underneath the knife so they could get the shot and i always thought to myself god what happened if tom cruise sneezed or went like that and lifted his head it would have got him in the eye so it just sends me you know just my Nerves are on a knife, (laughs) on a knife edge. Whenever, and I was looking at it to do the um, video playlist that will will accompany this on our Patreon. It just sends, you know, you know when you just feel so every fiber of you is uncomfortable. I find that like it's it's scary, Mm. it's anxiety ridden. Yeah, it's not necessarily horrific because nothing happens, but just that. Oh, well, if you're not if you're not good with eye trauma, I won't recommend any Lucio Fulci movies then. Right, okay. <laughs> he controls his movie with that sort of stuff. He really knows that audiences don't like eye trauma, and it's just like, there you go. Let's let's think of something really nasty I can do to somebody's eye, and we're all going, no, Lucio, you did it last time. He's like, nope, doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will definitely stay away from what was his name again? Did you say Lucio Fulci? He does do things like uh, The Beyond and Zombie Flesh Eaters, and there's always a point in his horror movies where somebody gets something absolutely hideous done to the right. Right, yeah. okay. I will stay well clear of that and Mission Impossible 2. Um, right then, Haley, Darren, who's going next for number nine? I'm going to let Darren have this one because it is Italian horror and that's okay. his niche. So. <laughs> yeah, number nine is the 1963 horror Black Sabbath and it's the sequence where the nurse returns home and is followed around their apartment by the dead body of the woman that she's stolen some jewellery off. Now, this is just such a weird sequence. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of it is ridiculous. But it's the expression on the corpse's face. It's so weird. Yeah, it's uncanny. It's freaky. I mean, I think when you watch the scene, you can laugh with it as well, because it is really over the top. And especially, like, with the passage of time as well. But, yeah, there's just something about that. You just wouldn't want her popping up, like, at the um, end of your bed at night. Mm. Is, is it a, is black and white or is it a colour? Colour. It's, it's colour. It's, it's an anthology movie, so there's three stories. And depending which version you see, it's either the first or the last one. And there was an American version, an Italian version, and they juggled the order of the stories about. And the Italian one, I believe it's the last one. And it should be the last one because they save the freakiest until last. Right. Right. So I'm again I'm a novice when it comes to horror. Is Italian horror does it go in phases? Is Italian horror still good or was it a specific time that Italian horror was good? Specific think, time, I'd say. 
I think the sixties you got things like Mario Barber's sort of Black Sabbath, Black Sunday. Seventies uh, you got all the Jello movies, which were great. Eighties you get Argento in his prime. I think it's fallen away a little bit because the Italian film industry isn't very well funded these days. So there was a heyday of the mm. Italian film industry. But I think if you're going to go, there's there's very distinct styles from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s of Italian movies. They're all good in their own specific way. If you want gore, late 70s, early 80s. If you want style, 60s. Right. Mm. Okay. Have you never seen the original like Suspiria in that part? No, I haven't. No. Oh, no. Okay. There's a lot of classic horror films that I've never I've never seen, but don't judge me on it, please. I'm not judging. <laughs> it's a, it's another avenue to, uh, that's open to you. I to know, but I think you've got to be a horror fan. I'm not a horror fan. That's the trouble. I think it's I don't I don't know. It's just not the genre perfect for a podcast where we're doing scariest moments to not be a horror fan. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um right, Neil, you're number nine. It's the original Blair Witch, and it's the final act. It's the guy stood in the corner. Now, a lot of these I've chosen. My number they, five, by the is way. Is it? My number five, yeah. It just leaves you with that moment of terror. Um, and um, with the Blair Witch, I just think it's a perfect ending when they get down to that basement. And I think it's a really good film. Um, it obviously the start of the uh, first-person camcorder held things. And I was lucky enough to be in Memphis when they were on tour so uh, doing a Q&A after you watch the film um, Sanchez and that and it was fascinating to hear him talk so talking about Italian horror it, they were big fans of the cannibal holocaust and that's where they originally got the idea from and everything like that um, but going back to that end moment when he stood in the corner it's fucking terrifying isn't it really <laughs> it, is. it made our long list the end of the blow which it was in the honourable mentions didn't quite make the top ten but it was definitely something we discussed at length mm. First film I ever saw when I had my um, first ever like 5.1 surround sound. And I kept opening my living room window because I kept hearing somebody shouting down the street, Josh, Josh, or whatever. I was like, who the fuck is that outside? And it was the the back, it was the back. Fantastic movie to watch. Mm. I think it's a bit Marmite, that movie. I think you either really, really like it or you just don't get it. Yeah, and there's so many people that I've spoken to that I just don't understand why anybody enjoys that movie because it's just like nothing happens, then something happens, then you have that big shock at the end. But I'm the same. Yeah, it's my number five. That mm. the whole it's fact another, that it's another example of people making a horror movie for no money, but yeah. that's that's a good one that was made for no money. Yeah, yeah, and it, like I say, it kicked off a whole genre, didn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. My number nine was the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka. So, uh, Haley and Darren, it's your number eight, please. Okay. So, our number eight is a scene from the 1996 movie Train Spotting. So, not a horror. And it's the scene of Renton's hallucination in the bedroom. Right. Like the oh, baby crawling along the ceiling. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that in their nightmares. No. Um, there's that and it's just kind of how the scene is so unrelenting and it just builds up and then you've got like his dead friend sliding across the wall it's like Mm. kind of goes from very mundane imagery to like his parents watching quiz shows to them this really horrific things like the baby and his friend and that so um and I remember when I first saw it I couldn't like get it out of my head so uh that's why we we agreed Mm. on that one I didn't even think about that that one because I remember watching that for the first time and yeah, that's very visceral. Just that that, and as as much as it 
looks like a doll, doesn't it? it so it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just the image of the fact that it's this this dead baby. Oh yeah, that's that's a, that's a that's great a good choice, one. isn't it? That is a good one. I want to do my top ten again. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Start> again. <laughs> uh, that is a good one, and and this it's not a pleasant film anyway. No. When you said train spot, and I thought it was going to be him crawling through the toilet. Oh yeah, that's pretty yeah, grim, that's, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not nice uh, But that's a good one Very good It's a great uh, choice Go on then Neil You're number eight It's Jaws Going back to my childhood And watching this for the first time And I don't know whether This part of the movie Was the same to you But it's the head in the boat When he goes mm-hmm. down Absolutely terrified The shit out of me When I was younger And allowed to watch it And it put me off Of watching it again When it was re-shown I wouldn't watch <laughs> That bit I went out the room because I remembered it. Obviously, now I cope with it. But it still gives me... The, the hairs on the back of my neck go up when he goes down into that water at night. Yeah. Yeah, because you know it's coming. Yeah. Even, even if you know it's coming, it's just no better. It's yeah. not. It's a great jump scare. And I'm not usually a fan of a jump scare because I think it's cheap. But that worked perfectly in that movie. It was a great, great, great moment. I will tell a story about the head in the bottom of the boat. My mum went to see Jaws when it first came out. And... When the head drops out of the bottom of the boat, she grabbed the guy at the side of her, thinking it was my dad, but she'd gone with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that old excuse. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've actually got a story about that scene as well. We were watching it with my cousin. I can't remember how old I was. I must have been I don't know, 13, 14, whatever. And she ended up scratching my retina in my eye because that <laughs> happened. She, We grabbed hold of a cushion. And as we grabbed the cushion, she sort of went to go and hug me. to like, oh, no. And she went, put a finger right in my eye and scratched <laughs> oh, my retina in my eye. So, yeah, I was, my eye starts, yeah, my eye starts twitching whenever I see that scene now. <laughs> okay, my number eight. Um, when we used to do a podcast called Movie Heaven, and we used to do that. I think we used to do a section called the scariest moment. It in was a, one of the questions. Yeah, this was one that used to come out a lot, and it's the forest scene in Snow White. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I one of the you. the most horrific, I think, scary things. I mean, not just for kids. You've got the woodsman. You've got all of the trees and the animals and the eyes. And I just think it's a it's a classic bit of of animation to start with, but a classic bit of horror. Mm. We've said it a million times, Neil, haven't we? That it's like one of those just scary moments that yeah kids you know back in the whenever it was the 20s and 30s must have shit themselves oh my god just to see that in a movie <laughs> um but yeah that that for me is one of those moments in the movie and even now you know as an adult you watch it and it sends a little bit of a shiver down your spine yeah it's creepy yeah. for sure yeah oh it's unnerving for sure mm. And if you go to Disneyland, you can experience it because there's a ride and yes, it's great. It's is. one of my favourite rides to this day. <laughs> With all the trees really... coming at you, it's very evil dead. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Crocky. Yeah. Yeah, you queue up for three hours just for that and it's, it scares the shit out of you. It's fantastic. Yeah, over in two minutes, but it's uh, quite an intense two minutes. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, okay then, guys, you're number seven. Right, number seven. This is one that I think will be on a lot of people's lists, especially if you were around at the time to see it when it was on TV. It's Salem's Lot, and it's the kid at the window. Yeah. Okay. It's a great, great thing, isn't it? Great. Traumatised an entire generation of people who went mm. and thought, oh, it's Stephen King, but it's just a TV version. It won't be that scary. Nope, nope, it's scary. I mean, the whole <laughs> sequence where the kid's just there and he's t- and it's like, oh, God, make it stop, please. 
Yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen this either. Have I'm, you not? I'm Being a, such a David Soul fan. I was going to say, is that the one with David Soul? Mm. Yeah. Right, okay. And James Mason. Yeah. James yeah. Mason. Yeah. So, that, so a kid is at the window. What, what, is, what is the story with the kid at the window then? I mean, he's trying to lure one, another kid who's in the bedroom to his certain death. But it's oh, it's just just horrible. It, like mm. there's, there's mist, and you think oh, it's all really hokey because it's kind of they're overdoing it with the dry ice, and you just think oh, this is going to be rubbish. And then this sort of spectral vampiric kid sort of floats towards the window, <laughs> and you think oh shit, yeah. <laughs> it's the scratching as well, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. hear the scratching really badly yeah. on the window pane. It's oh, yeah. right. It's still effective. I think it's mm. probably the scariest moment in that film. It's scary in the book as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, now, another thing I'm sort of quite famous for is like not reading books. And mm-hmm. I always I always wonder how I mean obviously Stephen King is like so successful and an expert at horror, but how do you get the atmosphere from a book? It's going to sound, it's going to sound yeah. like you create it in your mind, don't you? What you're reading is you visualize in your mind, and then it becomes terrifying. Or if you haven't got that ability, it becomes farcical. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. It's just what your mind brings. What would you say if if I wanted to read a good horror book that's going to you know that's going to scare me? What would you say is the best horror book to read? Oh blimey! I'd start with James Herbert or Stephen King. That's your gateway into horror. Maybe Pet Richard Sematary. Layman. <laughs> I think Pet Cemetery by Stephen King or Salem's yeah. Lot. Those are like two of my favourites. Okay. So I would recommend them. I mean, Rats by James Herbert is classic. It really is, even though it's about rats. It, it is horrible and quite nasty. Um, but I'm not, I, I mentioned Richard Layman. I don't know whether any of you guys have read any of his. Yeah, They're like pulp, yeah. pulp sort yeah. of fiction, aren't they? They're not really scary. They're just comical. Um, the Exorcist is a good one. The Book of the Exorcist, very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. kind of horror adjacent, but the novel, well, the, the the original novel of Silence of the Lambs is great. Yeah, I think the film's pretty good, but the book is really, really good and so tense. I remember reading it on a train in the middle of the day, and there was one point I just thought, I'm going to have to stop reading this. Right. Okay. Okay, I have to say, actually, reminded. I actually read Hannibal. Yeah, when it first came point. out. But I think it's because with that you can. I like to picture the people in the movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I have to have that in my mind. So I'm playing a movie in my mind when I'm reading it. I'm not a good reader. Let me just explain that. You. I'm not a good. Bless reader. you. <laughs> okay, Neil, you're number seven. Let's move on quickly, please. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go the Omen, but the 1976 version. We'll forget about the remake because we all should. Um, it's the Billy Whitelaw moment as the nanny. Um, terrified me. Absolutely terrified me when she's trying to get through to Damon, you know, and everything. Yeah. And what's some acting by Billy Whitelaw? Um, you've obviously seen this one, haven't you, pal? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, you. yeah. I nearly put the bit where um, it's all for you, Damie, and, and she nearly hung herself. But no, it's the, the dark and the bit with Billy Whitelaw and the dog was there and all of that bit. It's still, still bothers me because it's just pure nasty isn't it it's just Absolutely. pure yeah yeah it's good that's that's so that bit yeah and it's aged really well i mean you mm. think i can see the only thing oh it's this because this is going to be rubbish now but no it still holds up it really does and to think it was richard donner as well superman yeah, 
Yeah, but great, great film. And I have watched the remake. I've watched it once and once was enough. I'm not a fan. I don't know whether other people think it was a good remake, but... I've not seen the remake, so I, I can't no. comment. I don't plan to see it. I have no real urge, but I, I'd like to rewatch the original because it's been mm. so long. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, avoid the remake. It's got no atmosphere at all. Yeah, the people that are in the remake, you'd think, I mean, Julie Styles, Lee Schreiber, I'd like them both. Mm. The movie's rubbish. And David Thewlis as the priest, yeah, you know, the David Warner role. It was all good cast, but yeah, yeah, they've somehow sucked any of the atmosphere out of it. Yeah. David Warner was the photographer. That's right. Patrick Drayton was the priest. Oh, that's right. Of course he was, yeah. He Just was the photographer. Yeah. Just the whole the whole premise of it with you know, the lines on the photograph. And and it was the fact that you could you could look at the Bible and it had that, you know, about the, the number of the beast. Mm. So when I was when I was little, I thought, oh my god, because I, I, when I was little, I thought the Bible was like a storybook that told you what happened in the past. You know, I didn't think yeah. it was anything else. So when I saw that, I thought, oh my god, this is true. There must be like an antichrist because they've <laughs> taken that bit out of that that book, that, you know, and and they've made a film about it. I was fascinated with the whole thing. All. Well, I think they made three movies and a TV special, I think, for number four, didn't they? I had yeah, all the books. Well, it's kind of a TV. They, I think they put it out as a theatrical release, but it, it was actually... Made for TV. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. it have the girl from V, the it series did. V in it, didn't it? It did, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then Sam Neill was in number three. Yeah, number three is not bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number seven uh, is quite a general one, but it's Christopher Lee's Dracula. Anything to do with Christopher Lee as Dracula, <laughs> and I we've on our uh, James Bond uh, episode. He's fantastic in Man with a Golden Gun, but it took me ages to watch that movie because anytime I saw Christopher Lee in anything, he was Dracula, and it was just that whole thought of somebody plunging their mouth into your neck and drinking <laughs> your blood and he is for me the scariest Dracula there's ever been and probably ever will be just the eyes yeah he just frightens the mm. crap out of me so it always reminds me of a Friday night Hammer House they would mm. put a film on wouldn't they the Hammer films on a Friday night and we were always allowed to stay up and watch them I don't know whether probably I've never wrong. seen I've not seen one for years so I don't know whether they no. hold out the Hammer movie whether or they just look like a horror version of a carry-on film. I don't know. I mean, I think they do because um, some of the festivals play older movies and they tend to gravitate towards things like Hammer. And some yeah. of the older movies actually stand up quite well. I mean, veering off slightly, I saw Curse of Frankenstein uh, last year at a festival. Curse of Frankenstein is brilliant. It's like mm. 1957 movie. It is absolutely brilliant. And I think they should taste the blood of Dracula as well, which is quite good as well. Yeah. All right, Okay. Again, yeah. I'm assuming they're all on that Shudder as well, aren't they, the Hammer movies? I assume so. Yeah, I think there might be a few on there. I mean, for me, like, I've never found them that scary because I've come to them quite late and they're tame compared to a lot of stuff that's out mm. now. But they're, they're still, as Darrell say, you know, very good films and, you know, part of horror history. So, yeah. um, you know, they have such an influence. Yeah. And talking of atmosphere again, they were one of the greatest com- companies ever to put the atmosphere in all of their movies. There was always an atmosphere to it. You know, you always knew, even though it wasn't that scary. And you know, what's the one with Ralph Bates, um, the vampire one, uh, whatever. But that one was like almost comical, but it still has that air of yeah, know, the horror atmosphere coming through, which I always admire. I think it's really good. Exactly. And you've got Christopher Lee and there's just the presence of him in the movie. Mm. Even if it's something like Dracula AD 72, which is nonsense. from right. start, All the bits with Christopher Lee in are quite scary. Right, right. 
And then, of course, he ended up in Lord of the Rings and and Star Wars. Um, but yeah, he's always he's always been uh, Dracula for me. Okay, uh, Haley Darren, you're number six, please. Okay, <laughs> he's giving me this one because this is my childhood trauma. Possibly the reason that I became obsessed with horror as well. So um, this is uh, 1990s The Witches, directed by Nicholas Roeg, who'd also directed Don't Look Now. And obviously realising that later on, I can understand why this film has such an atmosphere about it. Um, For me, I saw this in primary school. It was at Christmas time when people would bring VHSs in and the teachers thought, oh, this would be a great kids movie to put on. Well, half of us had to walk out. I stayed, I persevered, but I was absolutely terrified of this film. And we had a choice between three scenes, didn't we, for this? But with the one we've gone for is the Grand High Witch when she pulls her face off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is disturbing, isn't it, that movie? Yeah. It has we get Mr Bean's in it as well, won't we? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I remember that was a bit of relief for everyone because when he appeared, everybody just went inside in union, Mr Bean. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, that was like kind of nice that he was in there as a bit of a comfort. But otherwise, no, it's a very, very dark kids film. Um, and I just can't believe it. it's actually made for children. I know Roald Dahl's writing was very dark. And as I say, it's interesting, we've got two of his his uh, works in in this uh, list as well. So it shows testament to him. Mm. But... Um, we, you know, we've got the scene as well with the painting, with the little girl who gets captured by a witch and trapped into a painting until oh, yeah, she disappears. And that sets off the tone for the movie. And then, of course, there's the evil witch um, who tries to um, lure Luke from the treehouse as well. That's quite an unsettling scene, because if you're a kid and you're approached by a stranger, it's that sort of, um, like, fear that it provokes. So, um, yeah, the witches, it's always one that's held up with me. I even did enjoy the remake. It doesn't have it doesn't hold up the same, but I still thought they did a pretty good job with it as well. I haven't seen the remake yet. I was going to ask. No, I haven't seen, anyone's it. seen it. That's no. um, it's more Anne Hathaway, isn't same. it? Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Too heavy on the CGI. I think we like the whole um, Jim Henson's workshop effects in the original, which definitely make it. But you know, they made her look so grotesque, mm. and yeah, just frightening. God, that's Great a choice. film I haven't seen for years and years. That's got to be streaming somewhere. It I would have thought, isn't it? Yeah. I'll have to uh, revisit that one. But yeah, possibly the... Netflix. I have a yeah. feeling it's on Netflix. I think it is because where, where's the remake? Is the remake on Disney Plus? Oh, I think the re- is the remake Netflix as well. Is that Netflix Could as well? Be. I actually rented it when it came out because it came out in 2020, and it was like a, a you know you could pay for it to watch it. So yeah. that's what I did off iTunes. But it's either Netflix or Amazon, I would say. Right. Okay. Rather than Disney, but. Yeah, it's, it's worth watching. Good performances in it. I kind of liked like, the differences they, they made to it, how they updated it. But And it's got like a Motown um, vibe to it as well, which is quite cool. So it's different. Um, mm. But I would say like kids would be better off probably watching the remake than the original. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the original is yeah. too scary. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm still afraid of this movie now. And I know me and my friend are planning to re-watch it someday. But just those three scenes we watched to... Um, prepare for this episode like I was like oh my god no, it still gets me I'm in my 30s now it still gets me <laughs> went to PG movie have something where somebody pulls the face off yeah exactly. yeah yeah I bet that's on the little the uh, thing in the bottom in the box isn't it by the PG sign it'll say people do pull their face off right then Neil you're number six so Event Horizon the only film I like from Paul W.S. Anderson 
great horror movie. And it's the bit with Sam Neill as Dr. William Weir when he's crawling through the air ducts. It's near the beginning of the movie. Um, it's almost a jump scare, but it, I, it was something I really wasn't expecting. And when he turns around and sees his um, dead wife is behind him, um, absolutely freaked me. And it basically freaked the cinema I was in to the extent that the woman behind us shouted, fuck this, I'm going home and still out. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the movie lives up to that. I think it's a, it's a really well done horror film. It shows Paul W.S. Anderson can direct. Mm. It's just a shame he hasn't done it since. Um, yeah, a great horror movie. And I really want to watch the director's cut. I've never seen it. Has anybody seen it? It is around some places, isn't it? No, because I, I saw it, uh, again, a uh, horror festival, Sheffield Horror Festival, played Event Horizon, but it was the theatrical cut. Uh-huh. There were lots of people that hadn't seen Event Horizon before, and it went down the storm. Everybody pretty much loved it because yeah. they just didn't know what they were letting themselves in for. It, it is a great movie. It really, really... It's a ghost story in space that yeah. is sort of a journey to hell, isn't it? They're off to hell. Yeah. Off you yeah. go. Strap in, and we all forget what a great cast is in it, like Lawrence Fishburne and Sean Pertwee and Sam Neill and Jolie Rich. Is it Jolie Richardson? Yeah, Richardson. yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie. It is batshit crazy. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you again. I think from the, the tra- remember seeing the trailer, and you think, oh, it's like it's a sci-fi sort of adventure movie. That's great. And then I remember everybody was going on about getting it, so I thought I'll buy it on Blu-ray. Watched it and I can remember like eating my popcorn or and like just stopping eating the popcorn because I thought, what the fuck is going on? This is crazy. It's like no eyes and this whole bloody orgy scene kind of thing going on with blood and guts and god knows what going on. Yeah, it's a great film. It's a great film. Yeah. Right then, my number six is uh, The Wicked Witch and the Flying Monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, bless you. (laughs) It's another one where even now, I think just that whole... Uh, what was her name? Margaret Hamilton, wasn't it? It, it was, was yeah. Um, and I still look at those monkeys and thinking, how how did they do those? Are they real monkeys? But they've got like, they, they look a little bit distorted. They look a bit weird. But just the whole design of that witch. I mean, it's the, mm. it's the classic witch, but she was just kept me on edge for probably the first 20 years of my life <laughs> and then every time you see her now it still is just that thing that again in a movie that is all light and wonderful songs and um very much like Willy Wonka you know there's there's the not the Palumpas, what are they called the, the munchkins yeah and then all of a sudden this horrible witch creature thing is just there that is pure evil and very very scary for children and adults alike I think um, but no one else has got it in their top ten, no? No. No, no, because I mean, you're, you're it, hardball, but... hardball. <laughs> I love The Wizard of Oz. It's one of, like, my favourite childhood films. Um, I was never too afraid of the witch. Like, she unsettled me a little bit, but, you know, nothing got me as much as the Grand High Witch. So I'm sorry if she takes the, the crown there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's another top ten, top ten witches we can do. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, okay then, guys, you're number five. Number five. Number five is the sledgehammer attack from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> this is so brutal and so terrifying. I remember it's so abrupt as well, isn't it? It is. It's very quick as well. They don't really build an awful lot up. The guy comes in, he's trying to find out where the girl's gone. Obviously, she's met a really disgusting fate in the other room. 
and then sees the door, the door slides back, Leatherface comes out, whacks him with the sledgehammer, he twitches for a bit, he whacks him again, and then he pulls the door shut. And that's it, end of the sequence. Mm. And it's so quick and it's so terrifying. I mean, there's I've seen audiences in cinemas where even if they've been a little bit vocal up to that point, once that happens, dead silence. Mm. Yeah, it's a great movie. We we are talking the original, not the remake. Oh, that they, oh yeah. yeah, original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what a great movie! That soundtrack is just yeah. It just puts you on edge straight away, isn't it? It's there on purpose. It's fingernails yeah. going down the chalkboard soundtrack. Yeah. But what a great movie! And all the production design is designed to make you feel ill as well. Mm. Go in that room, and there's all sorts of there's feathers on the floor, and there's God knows what there's animals. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's revolting. And then after that, they hit you with this. It's just the fact that it's just so it's so bleak mm. that bit of the movie, and it's just like, well, if they're gonna do this now, what the hell are they gonna do for the rest of the movie? Yeah, yeah, and surprisingly, quite tame, really. To think yeah. it was banned for so long, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, but... it's what you don't see. And a mm. lot of the stuff, it happens very quickly or off camera. That's and it's right. just what you think you've seen. I mean, I, I've had conversations with people about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and said, oh, you know, when you see him get cut up, and it's like, you don't see him get cut up. It's off camera. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see the new Netflix um, thing. They've done what they did with Halloween, haven't they? And they've cut yes. out all the sequels and all the remakes, and it's supposed to be a carry-on from the first. So I'm intrigued. The trailer looks promising. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, myself and my wife went through a phase a few years ago where we hadn't seen the classic horrors of Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, Exorcist, Mm. all of those. And we were so disappointed. My wife's a a massive horror fan. She loves the jump scares and stuff. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think, was the one out of all of those classic horror movies that we actually, I actually find really unsettling. And I think it's like you say, Darren, it's not because of what you see, it's because of what you don't see. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that, and just that vision of, of Leatherface slamming the door or it's, that's the unsettling stuff is mm. you don't, you have an idea of what's happening behind that door, but you don't see what's happening behind that door. Yeah. And I think that's, the, that's, for me, I think is the key to horror is, the stuff you don't see i think you know i think we get i, I don't know about anybody else but i've got desensitized to watching gory horror because mm. of things like walking dead yeah it's like now every week on your tv you're watching people's heads getting sliced open and people's you know people being eaten which is stuff like back in the 80s and that that was they were you know they were the the, the video, bad nasties, video, the video yeah. nasties yeah that you would have to really try and find from somewhere or under the counter in the, the video store because you know you're not allowed to watch these kind of things now it's just on normal everyday tv yeah stuff that is like shocking to watch yeah game of thrones <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes oh sometimes we just we 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 hearken for the old days don't we We just mm. go, and, go and grab a video and you think nobody should be watching this 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 in oh my god what's this all about now it's just everywhere oh god i sound like an old man okay <laughs> uh uh neil you're number five so it goes back to my childhood once again and it's chitty chitty bang bang and the child catcher the first time he appears, ice cream. And <laughs> I used to have to walk out on that part. I did walk out when that part started. And it still frightens me now, that child catcher. The, the guy that plays him, I forget his name off the top of my head, was perfect, wasn't he? He was so sinister. 
even frightened Benny Hill. Nobody frightens Benny Hill. <laughs> but yeah, it was terrifying, wasn't it? When the first time you come to get the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, Not I'm pretty sure that made the long list, didn't it? The child catcher. I'm it was sure. everywhere. He was everywhere, the child catcher. And I did see that scene recently because it was on over Christmas. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't personally frighten me, but I can understand why kids would find it unsettling. Yeah. You know, a kid in the 70s, we didn't have the video in that, did you? You had, um, you basically watched it on TV and frightened yourself to death like I did by watching it. And I even remember watching it with my grandparents on my own. Being so scared, I had to sleep with my granddad. <laughs> I think he was a, a ballet dancer, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's, movement, that's how, isn't it? Yeah. As well. It was just the way that he moved. He, he moved sort of effortlessly, but just with that menace. Yeah, he was very, yeah. very scary. And it's quite a benign movie, mostly. Mm. Bang, bang, but it's got this. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's like a lot of those movies. I mean, say like Willy Wonka or anything, or yeah. Snow White. It's that you know they're not horrific movies, but they have these little slices of horror inside yeah. them that just leaves you unsettled. And I think that's the key to it is then you don't know when they're going to turn up again. Yeah, so it just gives you that little bit of doubt and little bit of this sinister feeling as you're mm. watching the rest of the movie once they've they've been introduced. Yeah. And good old Ian Fleming, wasn't it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wrote it. Yeah. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Indeed. Uh, okay, my number five was Standing in the Corner, the Blair Witch Project. So, um, Haley and Darren, it's your number four, please. Oh, so this one really did terrify me when I first saw it. And still to this day, it's from Pet Cemetery, the 1989 version. And it is the character of Zelda. So it's two scenes she features in. But I think we were going to pick the first scene that was the most terrifying, where her sister Rachel is relaying the story of how she had this really ill sister and how she had to take care of her and how her spine was twisted and... She was just dying up in that back room. And it's just the most unsettling imagery. The character Zelda was played by a male actor as well. Um, but it's just such a chilling moment. And you get the flashback in this scene as she's talking about it. And it just, even though the film is creepy, I think that is where it gets truly horrific for me. And then there's a scene later on where um, she's having a bit of a vision of her again and um, she basically runs up and she's like, you'll never get out of bed again. And I just remember that. And I was about 13, 14 when I first watched this. And then, because I'd watched a lot of horror by then, I was just like consuming all the horror I could. Um, And not much bothered me, but that, like I was thinking she's going to be at the end of my bed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, that's, that is. Well, as you were saying that, I was almost like that lady that was behind Neil in the cinema. I was going to say, fuck that, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I was about to say, oh, I might watch that. I don't think I'm going to bother. I think I'm going to leave that just to... Uh... Yeah, it's a good one. Well, you've got um, Herman Munster as the granddad. you got to watch it. Oh, well, that's all right then. If yeah, Herman it's all in good. It. Herman Munster's the granddad. Don't say what happens to him, though. It might put him uh, off. Yeah, no, <laughs> what happens to Herman it. Munster, Neil? Come he on. marries somebody and moves into this big gothic house and they made a 60s comedy series which Rob Zombie is apparently doing the re- well he is doing the remake I saw the pictures yeah, yeah. no come on the, we're not worried about spoilers so what happens to um, oh, Fred Gwynn it's Fred Gwynn isn't it well, yeah well, so you, yeah go on Darren well, I was just going to say uh, do you have an aversion to uh, uh, razor blades well, if they're anywhere near your eyes, then definitely yes. Well, it's not. It's not near. It's not near a monster's eyes, but it is very near his Achilles tendon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that was one of the ones where I actually saw it, and I was sitting at home. I think I watched it on video. I didn't go to the cinema to see it, and that was one of those moments where, even though there's nobody else in the room, you get that that involuntary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it happens. Yeah. That's weird. My Achilles tendons are just literally tingling when you said that. They're just <laughs> yeah. feel horrible. Okay. Oh, wasn't it directed by um, what's the name? He did American Psycho, wasn't it? Mary Lambert. That's Mary it. Because yeah. I, I do. Recently, we watched the Netflix movie A Castle for Christmas, and that's directed <laughs> by Mary Lambert as well. And oh, when really? I, out, I actually posted a tweet and I said, "Mary Lambert, Pet Cemetery, Mary Lambert." And then about five minutes later, Mary Lambert liked my tweet, so it must have well, been there you amazing. Go. Wow. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Wonderful. Um, go on then, Neil, you're number four. So one of my favourite films of all time, American Wealth in London, and it has to be The Dream of the Hospital Bed with him in the woods. That's and my he, number two. When he's jumping around and then he gets to the bed and there he is lying in the bed. 
and suddenly, well, it is a jump scare, isn't it? But it's also very scary and surreal. Uh, he's suddenly like this demon vampiric thing with a white face and screams at you, looking straight into the camera, which is what I loved about, or love about John Landis. He loves that breaking the fourth wall, doesn't he? Ooh. And that was perfect in there. There. Now, that, that was all part of the same scene where he wakes up and then Jenny Agatha comes in. Yeah, so they do and then, that one. Like, the, the Nazi That's it. ghouls come. It's like, right, yeah, because it's a whole nightmare scene. Carries on, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And then he gets his throat cut and. Yeah. 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 That's fucking horrible. That is like, that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of good dreams in that one. But what a great movie. And uh, yeah. bear in mind, it's 81, isn't it? So that's held up yeah. so well. I watched it recently and I thought, wow, this is the effects are so perfect. Yeah, great movie. It's that transformation scene, isn't it? Mm. It just still holds up. And it's, it's just yeah. one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It doesn't scare me, humor. but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great humour in it. Great yeah, humor. it balances all the comedy and the horror really well mm. because it's funny when it needs to be, but it's really horrific when it needs to be as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that was I think that was my number one horror film when we did top it ten was, horror films. Yeah. Um, the 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 I think it's the makeup on Griffin Dunn when he's sort of he's not quite decomposed, but he's just got like bits of flesh hanging off yeah. him, and you can yeah. sort of see through his throat and stuff like that. And how they've done that. In, in the early 80s without CG and that, it's fantastic. Mm. Absolutely is. I think that sometimes you can rely on the CG a little bit too much. Um, one of those perfect movies for me, American Wolf in London. Okay, my number four is uh, Evil, Tracking Through the Forest in the Evil Dead. <laughs> um, if, if there's a sound that you can have that is horrific, it was that sound. Now, when I was... Whatever time, when did that come out? 80, 81? Five, 80, yeah, 85, I think. Evil Dead 2, are we talking already? Well, no, I'm talking well, the original one to start with. 82, then, wasn't it? The original one was 82, I think. Yeah. 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 I can remember, obviously, that was one of the video, I was from the original video nasties. And then, whether it was my dad had the video or an uncle had the video, and all I can remember is hearing that sound and the, 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 the fastness of the, the evil going through the forest absolutely terrified me <laughs> that, and still now that sound is just one of those triggering moments mm. in, in your brain that it just it sort of stops me in my tracks um and again it's a, it's a point of view shot so you don't see what the evil is it's exactly. about, you know something bad's happening but you can't see what it is exactly um and and again another one of those things where it's a, the, especially the first one the movie was made on less than a shoestring budget, so they mm. used what they could use. And I don't. I think if they'd, if they'd have had twenty million to spend, they wouldn't have come up with that particular effect. No. And that effect is just so good because, like you say, it's not what you see; it's what you hear. Mm. And the sound is just—it's one of those sounds that's pure from hell. Didn't they sort of invent the Steadicam because of it? I mean, they used a board, didn't they? It was kind of a version of the Steadicam, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they, yeah, because they couldn't work out how to do it, but they worked out that if they stuck it on a board and kind of pushed it along on this board, and depending on what the length of the board was, was was how shaky the mm. camera was. So they kind of experimented with this. So it was a kind of a bit of a Heath Robinson job, but it, it works really well. It does yeah. work very well. It's iconic. It's an iconic... Oh, I said it, Neil, sorry. No, it doesn't matter, because it is. <laughs> I didn't mean to say the I word. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, Hayley Darren, you're number three. Oh, this one scares the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, when we rewatched this, I was so creeped out. Just thinking about it. 
Go on, Darren. <laughs> am, I, am I all right announcing this? You okay? Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> right, number three is ghost storage, and it's the Night Watchman segment. Okay. When, when he's investigating the noise in the ward. Oh, God. Scary mop. Mm. Yeah, the scary mop, actually. The scary mop at the start, I mean, that's a really good fake-out where you think it's somebody yeah. in a bed and it's just a mop. But then from then on, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it is one of those moments where you think, don't go any further, just go back. Go back into the office, don't go any further. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And that was another one where I was in the cinema and it wasn't the fuck that I'm off, but somebody a couple of rows behind um, just went, oh... a great reaction did you guys see it on the stage yeah it was the last show i saw before um covid hit okay and i absolutely loved it but yeah that scene on stage as well just i don't want to say too much about it because it not spoil the show but i was sinking in my seat it was horrible i can still remember it now but i would definitely come see it again (laughs) i took my daughter to see it she was only seven no no she was um (laughs) It was for her 18th, I think, and I don't think she's left the programme here. Actually, literally, as I speak to you, here. Because oh, wow. she's, it scared her on stage so much that she <laughs> doesn't want it in her bedroom. <laughs> it is terrifying, though. I think um, Andy Nyman and uh, Jeremy Dyson just have this, like, knack. They really understand horror. They're horror fans themselves, mm. and they know what's going to scare, and they do it in such a clever and sophisticated way. It's yeah. not all about the, like what's going to jump out at you because we even agreed that like if we did this episode like say ten years ago we might have put Insidious in yeah. here, but now it's just I think with ghost stories out of all the um, like supernatural um, scares that we could have chosen this was the one that stood out the most to us and as I say I got quite tense rewatching the scene it had been a while coupled with what I'd seen on stage as well because obviously mm. you know yourself <laughs> just that sound coming from the back as well in the stage mm. you know, but. One of the cleverest stage shows I think I've ever seen. The fact that you're sat in a theatre and it just gets colder and colder and colder is just superb. Yeah. And the smells that drift through the theatre and you think you get, it's very immersive. Yeah. I'd happily watch it again. And I always think they should do what they said and do another one. They were all saying that we can do another one. We've got the stories, but it's never materialised, but they should. Hopefully I, get the, I, get, I get the feeling that I've completely missed this whole thing. Goes so there's a movie and well, it's it's a theater, show. it was a stage show first, um, right? Starring Andy Nyman, which I got to see in London, okay, um, with your brother. <laughs> and it was, I was blown away by what they achieved. And it, every story is sort of like a generic horror story, you know, it's the the damp, dark uh, warehouse, and then you've got the guy driving alone in the woods at night, and then the 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 room upstairs that nobody goes in because of a tragedy, and it all links. So it's all everything you know, but when you see it live in front of you, and everybody else is in that moment and in the atmosphere and watching it, you get taken along for the ride, and you really do jump, and you really do get scared, and it's it's very clever. Yeah, okay. so it's a movie as well. Yeah, nice, they made Netflix. a movie. Yeah, in 2017, the film came out. So I saw the film first because I never got the opportunity to see the stage show, but I loved the film and I was really excited to see it on stage afterwards. Even though, like, because I know the stories, it still it didn't take away that impact with knowing. Mm. 
but yeah that that scene and it's like there's that song in it i think it's called why it's like a 1950s 60s song mm. that plays on the radio continuously and that gets more nightmarish because i can't hear that song now without thinking um, <laughs> about ghost stories and it's just like how when we were watching it he was going down the stairs with this flashlight i was like why would you go down there just don't do it <laughs> it's, it's on netflix Pav. it's really Is worth it? watching right yeah. okay because really it's weird that everyone there's other people i've spoken to that, that have mentioned this ghost and it seems like it's just completely passed me by mm. Turn the lights out when you watch it. Yeah, no sure. fucking way. in the dark. No. <laughs> it's the best way to watch a horror. You think, I, you think I'm an idiot? No. <laughs> I'm having every light on. I'm going to bring extra lights in just so there's extra light and I can't see the screen. Yeah, That's the, first, what I'm... the first one in particular benefits from having the lights out, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that it's got Paul Whitehouse in it, so you're associating him with comedy performances and you think, oh, it's going to be a bit more knockabout because it's got Paul Whitehouse in it. Yeah, yeah. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, will, good movie. I will give that a go. Neil, you're number three, please. So um it's in The Exorcist. Um, a lot of people said, why? There's nothing scary in that. And I have this argument with people daily now. The younger generation just don't get The Exorcist. I've come to realize. But it's the first time you ever see the head rotation. Absolutely yeah. freaked the shit out of me. Um, so it would have been the early 80s I saw it when it was still available on VHS. You could just go and get it. I was only, I was in my early teens watching it. And yes, that head rotation, it was something you'd never really seen before. The clicking of the bones, combined with everything else you'd already seen, just freaked me out. And it is probably my favourite horror film. Sorry, American Werewolf. But it is, as you know, it always features in my horror list. Path. <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of The Exorcist. I think it's one of the most perfect films it is a brilliant movie mm. and who knows what audiences in the 70s thought when they saw it for the first mm. time because i think you know you're right i mean with a with a modern eye you can look at the exorcist and say oh well, this bit's hokey and this bit doesn't really hang together even so just the atmosphere and mm. the writing and the tension and the performances you can forgive the odd creaky moment because it's a really really scary movie it is. It starts terrifying in Iraq when Marion's digging up the, the the statue of um, that demon and you see it and that, that pure visual of him stood and the wind blowing, the sun swirling. It's, it's, it's terrifying in itself. So it starts on a, on a side foot and off we go. Love it. Yeah. You, you were the reason that we watched The Exorcist, I think, because you were going on about how scary it is, and, oh, especially that first scene in Iraq. And I remember my wife and I watching it, and that first bit, we went, what the fuck is Neil talking about? It's just a guy <laughs> stood in the desert with, like, this, this gargoyle <laughs> head. So there's nothing scary about that. And then we were, like, really expecting that this is going to be mm. hide behind a pillow finger in the eye kind of scary and like we were so disappointed because it wasn't we were waiting for it to be really really scary and it ended up like i thought god this is this is like just hype i've seen it since i've watched it another a couple of more times and i do get i can see why it it is Mm. like a great horror film it's just i think that first time we built it up so much in our head yeah that when we watched it we were like oh god is that it is that oh my god (laughs) that was really disappointing I've been yeah. to the steps in Georgetown, by the way. Oh, really? fantastic. They're, they're, yeah. they're bloody steep. <laughs> they wouldn't be yeah. down the whole lot of them. I mean, we were at the bottom and I was like, yeah, take my picture, I've got to. And somebody came past and said, um, is there anything connected to these steps? And I said, trust me, if you're a horror fan, these steps are a very big deal. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So my mum actually saw the movie on release. She was only 16 at the time and she snuck mm. it. And there was religious protesters outside yes. the uh, cinema begging people not to go in. Um, but for her, it was one of the scariest movies she'd ever seen. And she refused to watch it for years. And we were at a film festival and it was showing it and I encouraged her to watch it. And she did like admit that it definitely had lost its impact compared to back in the 70s. I mean, for me, again, like, I think it's an excellent movie. I watched it in my teens, but again, like, because I had that background of hype behind it, it's like you're expecting it to be, like, worse than it is. Mm. I think for me, it's just sort of when they're going up the stairs and you can just hear the sounds. I think that's very effective. I keep saying, don't go in the fucking bedroom. Just leave her in there. She'll be all right. She'll get over it. Yeah. My dad was a projectionist at the local cinema, which isn't hasn't been there for years, um, when The Exorcist was playing, and they had religious people outside and St. John's Ambulance ready to take people if they fainted and stuff like that. He said he'd never seen anything like it before because it was just crazy. Mm. You know, people being sick and people just fainting and stuff like that. I didn't get it. I didn't... <laughs> right. Well, you were, yeah. I mean, each to their own. Was- as well, I'd seen Scary Movie 2, which probably didn't <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say Repossessed. Repossessed with Leslie, with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Nielsen. But yeah. that actually had Linda Blair in. It though, did. It? it did. No, I haven't seen that one. Like, that's been on my radar. I think, you know, I must check that out. And then I've forgotten about it. So thanks for reminding me. It's that's actually right. quite funny. I must say, <laughs> it it's one of the better sort of spoof movies. It is fun, and they clearly have watched The Exorcist. So yeah. it's not one of these things where they've just tossed it out. There's somebody mm. who's actually gone through The Exorcist and thought, how can we take the piss out of it? There exactly. we go. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Right, my number three is uh, from The Descent. And it's basically, it's nothing to do with the horror, but it's any time you see someone potholing. That's (laughs) the crap out of me, because I suffer from, uh, not vertigo, what is it? Claustrophobia. Why anybody would want in their life to go potholing, I have no idea. Photographs of somebody crawling through a tiny little space just sends me... I mean, the horror is horrific in the descent it is it's one of the horror movies that genuinely mm. frightened me anyway but i think it's because i was so on edge because of the pole in originally that <laughs> anything to do with that kind of stuff just really buries deep into all of the fears that i have sort of deep within my soul yeah i'm not uh, yeah i gotta ask no, i agree yeah to, okay. the horror, <laughs> to all of you did it actually happen or was it all in her head Oh, uh, thinking now. I think it. I think it does happen. Yeah. Right. I think. I think there's. You can read it both ways. But my feeling was at the end, mm. you know, that they have all died, and the fact that she's having this hallucination right at the end about the party and everything. It's kind of that they have all died, and she's finally gone over the edge, and that she's about to die as well. Well, mm. or she's, or rather, she is about to die unless you've seen the second one, which suddenly she's back. I was going to say, didn't it answer happy it in the second one? Mm. Well, they uh, they did it because America likes a happy ending. They didn't like, well, who doesn't like a happy ending? But, um, yeah, they um, they didn't like the ending, so they cut it straight off, and then the second one starts where the, yeah, yeah basically where she gets out. Yeah. You know, in a dream, when she get, pushes herself through the hole. But, uh, no, I, I've rewatched this recently, so it would have been, yeah, last year, beginning of last year. And I'm on the persuasion that it's all in her head now. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, yeah we'll have, to, we'll have to go back. Maybe we'll do an episode on it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the last good Neil Marshall film, there you go. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think back on the yeah, I think you're probably right there. I'm trying I, to think about what you did. I after. did enjoy the reckoning. I'm sorry. I did. I enjoyed it. It's not like amazing film or anything, but I enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like being judged. <laughs> you're not being judged, no. no. It was lockdown last year, so you know. Yeah. I didn't have a lot to it's, it's Hellboy was just awful, wasn't it? Yeah, not a good movie. Sorry, no, Neil. No. Awful. Uh right then, you're number two then, guys. Okay, so this one, um, I think this is the most anxiety-inducing one on our list. And this is the plane crash from the first Final Destination movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it was since I've seen that. But yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, that is a scary moment, isn't it? Yeah, somebody who really doesn't like flying to start with. That was mm. that was a movie that just set off all sorts of alarm bells. Uh, and weirdly enough, I have seen a Final Destination movie on a plane, but it was three. It was the roller coaster. Still quite challenging programming for an airline. It's like, oh, we're gonna <laughs> I know. Movie. It's like, really? Okay. Jesus, why would you put that on an aeroplane? Oh my God. Yeah. I've got nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that sequence, um, it still holds up. Like, I haven't mm. rewatched it for a long time, but every time I fly I think of that movie and ever, yes. ever since I've seen it it always pops into my head before I got on a plane I'm, I'm over it planes are generally pretty safe and you know it's all fine people fly every day you know I have to keep telling myself that but that scene really did provoke me and it's just again how it you know the tension builds throughout and just I think it's just that anxiety that's presented on the screen where like the air con stops working and yeah, it's just and everything just goes to hell really mm. very quickly, and it's it's horrible. Mm. And you it think he's smart premise, getting off the plane. It? You think he's smart getting off the plane, but you know they're, they're not smart. I don't know if it was better for these people to have died on the plane like they were supposed to, or what the fates befell them afterwards. <laughs> it was a great premise, wasn't it? It really mm. was a good premise. The trouble yeah. is after like four and five, then you understand what the premise is and you sort of know what the formula of the... And it, it ends up then they're just trying to work out different ways of killing... It's a bit like... Saw, isn't it? Saw. Saw. Yeah, and Paranormal Activity where it's the same premise on all the movies. They've got to try and find just different set ways of, <clears throat> of, of killing people, basically. Am I right in thinking that it was an X-Files episode that didn't happen? It was, yeah. It was originally oh, right? the X-Files, oh. yeah. Um I'm kind of glad that they they didn't go with it and they made it into Final Destination because it is one of my favourite horror movies. Yeah, so, See, that's I haven't seen that for ages, but I used to love. I mean, the first couple I think are really really good mm. films, and then they sort of again like all of those kind of movies. They sort of think they just go down and they get diluted don't they? as they get yeah, yeah as they go. Go on then, Neil. You're number two. So this is um, not the remake, it's the original. It's Martyrs. It has to be there. I've banged on about this to Pav for years until he. And finally watched it the whole film could be a scary moment in, in my opinion but to me the one that always lingers and it is scary is what the hell did she say to her yeah mm-hmm. i was thinking um, about that today i was actually thinking yeah. about that scene today what did she say i mean it's scary to think what went through that poor girl's mind but yeah i'm still unsure did she tell her the truth did she lie who knows i mean i'd love to know your guy's opinion on what she, you think she said it's it's just so it's just so oblique the end mm. is kind of, it's it's something that obviously gets her to do what she ends up doing mm. at the end. So it's obviously something that's so apocalyptic that she goes off and well yeah. I, I, won't, I won't try and spell what happens at the, at the very end of it. But yeah, 
again, it's uh, it's the what you don't see, what you don't hear. Mm. Again, it's just the, the worst thing that you can think of, and it's just plain on that. But as somebody who was recommended that you see martyrs, what what was the reaction and when you'd seen martyrs? Because I've I've recommended it to a couple of people and it hasn't gone down well, I have to say. Well, I I didn't know anything about the movie and all Neil kept saying to me was, you have to see Martyrs. You've got to see it. He said, I'm not going to say anything, just watch it. So you start off watching it and, well, spoilers, bullshit, but um, you think it's a home invasion movie. So I'm thinking to myself, right, it's going to be like torture porn. It's going to be like Saw. They're going to take these hostages and they're going to do horrible things to them. And then it just changes into this weird movie Mm. and i was absolutely drawn in i couldn't stop watching and that bit at the end it is it just leaves you with so many questions and Mm. so many thoughts and it is horrific but it's not i don't think it's gratuitously gratuitous that thank you very much (laughs) um in the fact that it's like it's it it's visceral, but it doesn't it doesn't do it for its own sake, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's all for the story. It's all for the story. And to have that bombshell at the end that's so ambiguous, because you like you say, you don't know what they're saying. No. You just know what she obviously has heard makes her go and do what she does. Mm. And it's, it leaves you then thinking, well, hang on a minute. I need a little bit more just to just give me a little bit more um and then i made the mistake of of like watching half an hour of the american remake and um thought to myself well i was glad i didn't watch the whole film but uh, it's got like a every sort of genre in it nearly i mean at yeah. the beginning when you've got the, the little girls and then you get the visions of the demonic sort of person creeping around which obviously links into the end and then like you said it goes into home invasion almost like torture porn and then you get that ending i think and i'm, I'm i was on your darren i was with you but i'm starting to think and this is the bleak me coming out that there was nothing that's that's, that's how i would go I, I would say that she told her that there's nothing mm. yeah. and she thought then what's the point of living what's the yeah. point of living if there's nothing but the director he was going to be the big american new thing wasn't he he was signed on to do the remake of hellraiser and yeah. everything like that and just vanished mm. which is really sad but oh. yeah it's a film i've seen once um again an experience i had to pour myself a large glass of wine <laughs> i just remember just feeling quite drained um but yeah it's an excellent movie. I would say you should at least watch it once. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a film that I'd like to go back and watch again and again. Mm. I think watching it once and getting that, well, as Neil's probably seen it 10 times. Only about four. It is oh, right. a struggle still on the fourth watch mm. to watch. Yeah, I don't think I could watch it again. Um, okay, so my number two was the nightmare scene from American Werewolf in London. So Haley and Darren, if you want to give us a rundown of your 10 from 10 to 2, I don't know how you want to do this. We want to do it one each. It's entirely up to you. Yeah, we can do it in the sort of order that we said them. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Am I starting? <laughs> <laughs> You're number 10, Ellie. Oh, Three, I'm two, number one, 10. and action. Right. Number 10 was The Tunnel of Terror from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Number nine was The Nurse Returning Home from Black Sabbath. Number eight was Renton's Hallucination from Train Spotting. Number seven was The Creepy Kid at the Window from Salem's Lot. Number six was The uh, Face Ripping of the Grand High Witch in The Witches from 1990. 
Number five was the Sledgehammer Kill from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number four was Zelda, any scene with her from Pet Cemetery 1989. Number three was The Night Watchman from Ghost Stories. And number two was the plane crash sequence in the first Final Destination movie. Wonderful. Neil, give us your 10 to 2, please. Okay, so number 10 was Audition and uh, The Body in the Bag. Number 9 was The Blair Witch and the final act in the basement. Uh, Number 8, Jaws and the Head in the Boat. Number 7, The Omen and the Billy Whitelaw and Young Damien. Uh, Number 5 is... um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with the uh, child catcher. Number four is American Wealth in London and the dream sequence in the woods. Number three is The Exorcist and the original head rotation. Number two, Martyrs and What Did She Say? Wonderful. My number 10 is The Knife Near the Eye from Mission Impossible 2. Nine, the tunnel scene from Willy Wonka. Eight, the forest scene from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Seven, anything that was Christopher Lee and Dracula. (laughs) Six, uh, The Wicked Witch of the... West? Was it the West? Yeah. 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 Uh, And the Flying Monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. Five, Standing in the Corner from The Blair Witch Project. Four, Evil Tracking Through the Forest in The Evil Dead. Three, Any Kind of Potholing in The Descent. (laughs) And two, The Nightmare Scene from American Wealth in London. So, Hayley and Darren, what is your number one scariest moment in movies? It's a movie that started life as a TV project on the BBC. It was released in the mid-80s. It is the movie Threads, and it is the sequence where Ruth walks through the ruins. It's about a minute and three quarters of absolute nightmare fuel. Mm. And I have to be honest, I have not actually seen the full movie. So Darren first introduced me to the concept of Threads about a year ago when we were talking, and um, I've seen the trailer for it, and... I watched this scene and after watching this scene, I was actually, you know, I don't mind this being number one because this is some of the most horrific imagery I've ever seen in something. I was hoping it would be available on BritBox, but it's not. Can I say they showed us this at secondary school? They did with me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. We were all disturbed. um, Nuclear. Nuclear. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I live quite near Sheffield as well, so I've seen Sheffield getting destroyed. (laughs) wasn't wasn't like a, a big draw um but i'd seen it before they showed it as at school i'd seen it pretty much as they'd screened it first time mm. and then a few weeks later it turned up as part of an english class i think we yeah and and they said um and basically they said we're going to show you this if you want to leave at any time you can leave and I think about half of the audience went <laughs> because it is so unrelentingly mm. great if yeah. I if I remember correctly, is there a scene where a woman has a baby and she like bites through the umbilical cord? Yeah, yep. It's yeah, that, I can that remember. Was, that, was kind of, uh, that was kind of queuing for precedence in like what's the worst thing in threads. But I mean, you could just pick anything in the last two thirds of threads, pretty much, because it's all horrific. Mm. Right, right. Because yeah. I can remember America did one called The Day After. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was very. Hollywood fied and very American. It wasn't as gritty as what I can remember threads. Mm. Yeah, there's kind of a grain of hope at the end of the day after. Whereas at the end of threads, it's like, nope, we're all fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Right then, Neil, you're number one. 
Right, it's not a horror film at all. It's Mulholland Drive, um, a great David Lynch movie. And it's not a movie that has any scares in it until the bit when they're in the diner and they get around the back and we're introduced to the uh, trash witch. What do you want to call her? Trash tramp, whatever it is, when he or she pops out. Holy fuck. (laughs) Nobody I know that has seen that movie was expecting that. And boy, does that stay with you. I know it's a jump scare, but it's the vision of her as well. <laughs> you are not expecting that shit. Right. And it still, still gives me the willies, as Pablo put it. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen Mulholland Drive, so oh, that's, it's a great movie. that's something to look forward to. And it's kind of usual David Lynch weirdness. For yeah. Quite a long time, but this comes out of absolutely nowhere. And it's terrifying. Yeah. It is ter- genuinely terrifying. Is it? Is it like part of the story not really not <laughs> really there for the sake of just being there i think it's david lynch thought i know well you know what david lynch is yeah, like. yeah 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 i just think he thought do you know what let's liven this bit up because <laughs> <laughs> when i started the cinema i literally all the heads in front of me well, we all went at the same time woof, like that <laughs> in the cinema Whoa. And it still, it gets me to this day because I forget whereabouts it is. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it happens. And I'm thinking, oh, well, fuck, I forgot that bit. It was Naomi Watts's sort of breakthrough movie. Yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend that, Puff. Definitely. Yeah, this one of those movies that I've always thought I, I should watch and I've just never, mm. ever got round to it. But, um, but yeah, I think I will now yeah. after hearing about the... Uh, Trash, trash witch, did you call it? Garbage that? witch or garbage, garbage tramp. I don't know what they really refer to it as, but yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're saying like the head in the boat when you know it's coming, but you, it still doesn't make it any better. If you're watching Mulholland Drive, you know it's coming. It's like that mm. you're powerless against it. It's like it's still terrifying. It's not yeah. every time you watch Mulholland Drive, you think, oh, it'll be a lot better this time. I'm used to it. No. No, not at all. No, oh, right. it still grabs okay. you by the bollocks and goes, hey! <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Okay, right. My number one, the movie has been mentioned um, earlier on, uh, but for me, it's the music in The Omen. Okay, yeah. Now, I have visions uh, when I look back on my childhood of being up in bed with my dad and mum watching The Omen downstairs, and all I can hear is that ominous choir music. Yeah. And not being able to go to sleep because it just gave me nightmares. And as much as I love The Omen, it's still the one thing in The Omen with all the stuff that goes on in The Omen. It's the music that will send me just on the edge. The old and I, I don't really know what... what I was I was watching a few clips of it, and I don't think it is the old Spice advert. It's well, it's its the, own... Isn't it the bassist, Carmen Burrata, or whatever it is? Yeah, Maybe it's, it's, own, it's own music. I mean, I'm not going to try and sing it because, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it justice. Is it but Carl Orff or whatever his name is? Orf? Yeah, I used to think that it was the old Spice music, but I don't think it is. It sounds like, it's kind of in the same ballpark, but I don't... I think they did... Is it Jerry Goldsmith? Did he compose the music for it? Yeah, well, I know that he did the... Um, yeah. He did the... Soundtrack, so I'm assuming yeah. he did, but but yeah, yeah, I've always been under the impression that it was the the music you know, from the old Spice advert. But I was yeah. watching all the clips today, and it's just it's very very similar. Um, but I didn't watch very many clips because well, I was getting frightened. I creates its own atmosphere because nothing has to happen on screen. As soon as that soundtrack mm. kicks in, you think, "Oh God, something terrible is going to happen in about five seconds." Yeah. 
Exactly. And you just need to see that little kid and you think, oh, yeah, there's going to be trouble. There's going yeah. to be trouble. <laughs> throw, throw him off the building now. <laughs> Indeed. Right. We've got a few honourable mentions, so I'm going to whiz through these. Um, at Nick Boyd Guitar on Twitter said, hey, guys, being a big scaredy cat myself, I've got loads, but off the top of my head, as a kid, the Ghostbusters library sh- scene, oh, yeah. uh, Dumbo trippy dream pink elephants bit, oh, Christ, uh, yeah. Watership Down, the scary bad rabbits. Yeah. And as an adult, paranormal activity dragged from bed, uh, Exorcist when she's floating from the bed, and 1408 moment when he sees someone in the building opposite. Oh, that was um, John Cusack, isn't it? Was it? Yeah. You know it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Samuel L. Jackson as well? I think it yeah. is. I think yeah. It is. Uh, God, that's a one I haven't seen for ages. That's a uh, Stephen King, isn't it? He yeah. says, and uh, now I'm too scared at home on my own to go upstairs to the toilet. Going to have to wait a few hours with my legs crossed until my partner gets home from work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Nick. Um, and uh, at Andy McEwen 1, uh, The Fly from the 80s, the whole film... <laughs> he says uh, penis in a jar uh, was, uh, that's not what Andy is saying wasn't that a famous song by Thin Lizzy <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and- <laughs> famously got kicked off top of the pops for doing that yeah. <laughs> uh, at chatty geek hd first ones that come to mind um as nick said paranormal activity dragged from bed uh original the haunting holding hand scene oh yeah the robert wise movie yeah. 1960 yeah. great film okay or fly in on camera if that makes sense does that make sense i don't know i've never seen that uh, and the ring seeing the girl for the first time come at you that was on my initial thing, but the 1998 version, not the Naomi Watts one. Right, yeah. okay. The original um, is better. Darren Brown says, Mama Fratelli threatening to cut off uh, Mike's tongue in the Goonies <laughs> scared me the very first time I saw it. I was possibly eight years old, I guess. <laughs> okay, Darren, yeah, okay. You're still, you're still and he's a wrestler. Him. And he's a wrestler, isn't he? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a wrestler. Uh, at this one, Samantha said, the Beware the Wheelers part in Return to Oz always freaked me out as a kid. Oh, yeah. 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 They're bizarre things, they are. Yeah, it's a creepy movie all over, isn't it? Yeah, we avoided putting it on the list because it was too obvious, but it is yeah. a great movie. Yeah. It it's the heads in the cabinet for me. Yeah, it made the, <laughs> Return to Oz made the long list, but we just thought, you know, it's probably going to be on most people's top ten. We wanted to stare away a little bit. Right, okay. All right, then. Uh, Andrew Connor, our guest from last week, uh, said the end scene in Caveat. Okay. Anybody? Yeah, pretty yeah. good. I've seen Caveat, yeah, it's a fairly recent movie. And I think a lot of the scenes in Caveat are really tense because right. they're, really, they're really long takes and really tight close-ups on people, so you don't know where things are going to jump out or if they're going to jump out. So, yeah, it's a good call. Caveat okay. Is- oh, wow. any, tape for, any tape from Sinister? Uh, the filter scene from Host. Yeah. Uh, knock Knock Game from The Orphanage. And mm. Tall Man from It Follows. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great movie. Stu Grant says Michael Myers appearing from the shadows behind Laurie in the original Halloween. Uh, at Dan Popomatic. That's a great name. Uh, the ending of Wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alice Oliver from uh, Just Films and that. Scary Darth Maul looking creepy guy from, uh, sorry, looking guy creeping around from Patrick Wilson in Insidious. 
Uh, also, is it the ring where someone opens a wardrobe and there's a dead girl in there and her face is all messed up? Yikes. Is that not the grudge? I think that's the um, Naomi Watts, the ring. Where was it? Because that scene scared one of my friends. That's oh, how okay. I remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of the girl with the jaw missing. That's the one, isn't it? In the grudge. There you go. Okay. Yes. Uh, and Lisa Buchanan says, when Clarice is looking for Buffalo Bill in the dark and he has night vision goggles. Good call. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm going to need gonna to watch s- some comedy after this just to, so I can go to bed <laughs> yeah. tonight. Not going to sleep all, tonight. All these, <laughs> all these visions in my head. Uh, so that's it for our top tens. Um, guys, do you want to tell us a little bit your, about your podcast, where they can people can get it and people can listen to it? Yeah, I mean, we run a podcast called the HD Movie Podcast and we cover any movies at all, any genre, any year, and usually any quality, we've covered some shockers. (laughs) I had to listen to your episode about New Year's Evil, which um, seemed to get the thumbs... Well, we I was going to say the went. thumbs up from you. <laughs> yeah, really. it, was, it was all right. <laughs> thumbs up. Right. Yeah, so, but yeah. So, yeah, we've been doing this for... 51 episodes now we've just recorded 51 because we've done an episode on the new screen movie so um if you search facebook twitter or instagram for hd movie podcast or you search spotify or podbean or any podcast provider will show up at some point like a bad penny (laughs) (laughs) well we'll put the link in the show notes so that people can just uh, click on that so they can get and have a have a listen to you um okay neil do you want to just tell everybody how they can uh, get in touch with us Absolutely. Let's do this. So you Thank can find you. us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. Uh, you can email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. You can give us ideas for what Top 10 we should do. Come and help us support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash, you guessed it, Top 10 Pods, where you can get rewards such as our episodes, super early bonus episodes, and even behind the scenes, and a chance to be a guest on your own show. Check out all of our links via Linktree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come and subscribe and leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on any of the other podcast providers you can find. Well done, Neil. And of course, we've got the new uh, video playlist that will go together with um, the episodes. I'm going to have loads of fun putting these clips um, in, in I'm going to be yeah. myself every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that will be up on our uh, Patreon as well. And on the 28th and 29th of January, I'm going to be doing a 24-hour charity podcast. Um, so I will be putting some links up. We've got some special guests that are going to be joining me. It's going to be an aid of cancer research and the Stroke Association. So I'll put some links into the... Uh, show notes for this uh, episode but uh, yeah starting on friday the 28th at eight o'clock 8 p.m going through to 8 p.m on the saturday it seemed like a really good idea at the time <laughs> to do this and then the closer we're getting to it i keep thinking what the hell have i done but we've got uh michael price who is a uh executive producer of the simpsons is going to join me and tim downey from toast of london is going to join me and uh who else have we got oh, we've got some got loads of different people bean uh bean bean baxter from uh k-rock in los angeles and uh the ali and bean uh cup of tea in a chat podcast yeah it's going to be f- fun i think and me and neil's gonna be there to help me for an hour 
Um, I think it's going to be all right. I just need to make sure I sort of stand up and walk around for a little bit. Mm. And um, it's going to be like train spotting in here. I'm going to have a bucket for piss. I'm going to have a bucket for shit, <laughs> a bucket for sick. And, and I think I'll be porn. all right. I just, I'll be <laughs> a bucket for porn. Did you say? No stack of porn. I don't think I could fill a bucket, Neil. I mean, goodness me, <laughs> 24 hours. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so if you can join us and if you can donate, uh, that'll be wonderful. Uh, we'll just, uh, let's see how we get on with that. It's going to be fun no matter what. Um, Hayley, Darren, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you for giving me nightmares. Yeah, um, thank you, guys. <laughs> I don't apologise. Oh, no, don't apologise. It's all part of the show. I'm not sorry. No good. <laughs> I'm glad you're not. Um, yeah, so that's it from us. So uh, thank you, Hayley. Thank you very much. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. It's been a delight. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Haley and Darren. Thank you very much. And let's go and start the countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.